Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Amen. So found in him, Philippians chapter 3, 9. We saw, uh, it says, and be found, let's read together those who are here, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. This is Paul, the man who said he was a, 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 a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Benj- of the tribe of Benjamin. What else did he say? He said, concerning the law, blameless. This is the guy who had gone to, to the paradise. He says, I knew a man 14 years ago, that was Paul writing, who went to paradise, which he called the third heaven. He says, he saw things that are not permitted to be shared on earth. This was a man who had seen God. But this man writes and says, that in spite of all his accomplishments, he said in, in fastings often, come on, welcome to season 21. Today is day 15, I'm here to give you hope. In fastings often, he says in, in watchings often, watchings are prayers at night, people who pray at night, they call that a watch. He's, he, this man had done a lot for the kingdom. And yet he says none of that stuff matters when it comes to relationship with God. He says, the only thing that matters when it comes to relationship with God is righteousness through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Righteousness is right standing. So when they say that there is righteousness, right standing with someone, like, you know, my wife and I were in right standing, so there is righteousness between us. As far as I know, I don't know that there is anything pending uh, at present yeah so yeah sidebar uh, so when there is righteousness between you and God it means between you and God things are okay and Paul says there is no other way for that to happen except by faith except by faith you can't make that happen except by faith and Isaiah writes about in attaining righteousness through any other way like when you decide I am going to be nice until God recognizes my niceness he writes about it in Isaiah 64 verse 6 he says but we all are like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags filthy rags the right Hebrew rendering is menstrual clothes like when you say that you, you are nice, therefore God is going to be nice to you because of your niceness. It's filthy rags. It's not good. It's only through Christ Jesus. That's foundational. That's foundational for Christianity, for our living. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't do often. But I think it's good for you to move the blood around and also to switch on the mind. I'm going to ask you to stand up and we read the whole text of what we are going to study today and then see if we can break it up in bits. Vera, are you ready for us? 
Uh, that's not the whole text. Okay, yeah, there we go. Let's read together. One, two, three. Uh-huh. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through the faith in the working of God. I don't hear you guys. A little loud, even through the masks. Who raised him from the dead? Verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. That we don't have to work our way into your good books. That we just have to believe. And then you'll work whatever you need to work in our lives. That you produce the fruit you need to produce in us and not ourselves. So we surrender ourselves to you. Our minds, our hearts are open. Our minds are alert. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. So Paul starts right there in verse 11 saying, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. When I was in secondary school, in senior five and six in high school, uh, one of my roommates was from Mbale. Yeah, I remember his surname. I'm trying to remember the first name. It was called Madoi. You know when you're in school, you call each other by surnames. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, like People don't call each other by first name in school. Mushabe, Kamara, Kawesa, Zimbe, uh, Nasali. So such was the life. So I remember Madoi. <laughs> Kafuko. I remember. <laughs> Some people think I've forgotten their, their maiden names. They feel they've been married so long, we've forgotten where they come from. No, 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 no. We know you. Mm. So, so Madoi, uh, I think he delayed to come back for like a week. And you're like, what happened? Like, it was circumcision season. <laughs> uh, I don't know how those guys find out that you haven't done the right thing and then they... Yeah, but there is an option of you, if you want to do it by peacefully, there is an option of doing it by force. They just find you. The other day we were driving through Mukono. Mukono. And we found people. Taking people. Having smeared them with ash. I was like, this stuff is serious. <laughs> so, but it's, that's a bit different from the one we are talking about here. But in terms of if you don't know what circumcision is, you can Google it. I may not be able to describe it in detail in church. Uh, but if you have a friend from Bali, like I had Madoy, you know, it happens every even year. So 2020, 
uh, and usually it's towards the end of the year, of the even year. So if you survived in December, around December, you have two years. Yeah, 2021, you, you, you can walk around freely. No circumcision this year. <laughs> but 2022, they're coming for you. So if you're from Bali, those of you from Chigezi, yeah, it's a different story. It's optional. Now, circumcision was a sign of the covenant that God gave to Abraham. That's the first place we find circumcision in the Bible. God came and made promises to Abraham, told him all these nice things, what I'm going to do. Then he said, now I need you to keep my covenant by circumcision. And that's where Paul is getting the idea from. Okay? Look at Genesis 17, 9 to 11. He says, and God said to Abraham, let's read together. God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So God says, this is my covenant. It's alright. I've made the promises. But I need you to receive it. You see, there is nothing that God gives you that he doesn't require you to receive. That's why he says, by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. So, grace is God providing. Faith is us receiving. If I send a sack of potatoes to your house, if you don't open the gate to receive them, you continue eating kawunga. Yeah. Now, some of you potatoes here, like potatoes. Unless, if you went to middle primary school, potatoes were a big deal. Because we ate posho the whole time. So once in a while, I don't know what happened, but they would procure sweet potatoes. And because we... And on it... Potatoes only came on certain Saturdays. No potatoes in the middle of the week. So because we're outside on Saturdays and people are playing in one of the fields was near the gate, somehow kids will know that that is the potatoes pickup. And then they would rush to the gate before they opened the gate. And they would escort the pickup. You know the way these big people like the president, when he arrives somewhere, the way, the way people are running alongside this car. Yeah? Yeah? The what? Uh, SFC running alongside the president's car. That's how we used to run alongside the pickup, the potato pickup, singing. Emboli, 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 all the way to the kitchen. Yeah. Life, life. Yeah, so now you people, you just pass, pass eyes through potatoes. I'm even telling you, and you've refused to be excited about potatoes. I'm talking about sweet potatoes. Yeah. So anyway, so if I send you a sack of sweet potatoes, if you don't. If you are not like the middle primary boys, if you don't open the gate and sing along, I'm not sure you have received it. Amen. So faith receives what grace has 
provided. Now, Paul makes some arguments to, re- to remove the confusion. The circumcision itself is not what makes the promises. So he says in Romans 4, 9 to 11, it's a longish one. Okay, does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? He says, for, for we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? He says, not while, he, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised. A seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised. Now I'm going somewhere with this, so you need to stick with me. Don't think I'm just taking too much interest in circumcision. Yeah, I'm not campaigning for anything. I'm just trying to interpret the scriptures. Talking about circumcision, God was very specific to Abraham. He says, circumcise in the foreskin of your flesh. You know, during this whole circumcision thing, some guy went to a clinic. He wanted circumcision, but he forgot the word. So he reached there and asked for castration. So you have to know the language. You have to know what you're asking for. Circumcision and castration are very different and the results are wildly different. Yeah. So while he was thinking that things were going to be much better after that, actually. Anyway. Are you there? (laughs) It's okay to laugh in church. Uh, especially if you are not the one who asked for the wrong thing. <laughs> because while the rest of us are laughing, you might be you came today. You are the one who... Ex- who <laughs> like we are laughing at your calamity. I'm so sorry if you are here. But, you know, you should have asked for circumcision, not castration. Yeah. Even the equipment is different. Yeah, one is a knife, one is a badizo. I must need to continue. So I was still telling you about circumcision. So he says in him, so Paul is writing about circumcision of the heart. That is circumcision made without hands, not physical circumcision like the one Abraham went through or the one that happens every even year in, in Mbale. He says, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So he's saying the circumcision of Christ is the circumcision of the heart. And that happens by faith when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And he says when that happens, there's a putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you have done your Google of what circumcision is, what they do, they cut off the foreskin. Only the foreskin. Okay, that's the thing. So the foreskin is the picture of, that he's using here that also, you know, is picking from Abraham. Is, it represents the body of the sins of the flesh. So that when that happens, the person is circumcised. Now, it is done once. Huh? 
Yeah, it is done once. You don't go for, there are no upgrades. You know these IT guys. There are no circumcision upgrades. If you try to go for an upgrade, you may end up with the wrong product. Yeah, it is done once, once like this. If you've been circumcised, please don't go back. It's once. Hebrews ten fourteen says, "By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified." By how many offerings? One. You need one offering of Christ to be made perfect. For God to look in your direction and He says, "Perfect, perfect." That's why he says somewhere else, I think it's in chapter 9, that Christ does not have to keep going back to the cross to die for our sins. It was once. And that once, friends, was enough. Once was enough. It covered you if you believe it. If you receive it by faith. Amen. So So it's done once. Let's first get that out of there. There are no multiple circumcisions. Now here is the other fascinating thing about circumcision. That thing doesn't grow back. Just, just informing those who may not know. It is done and doesn't grow back. Yeah. You can't go to the urino. Because we are talking about male circumcision. Female circumcision? No, no, no. It's not biblical. Because there are some places where they do that and it's harmful. You can't go to the union and like, has gone back. No, you're lying. You were not circumcised in the first place. It doesn't grow back. Yeah. yeah. All the men here know it. It doesn't grow back. Yeah, you can't even go back and say, guys, I've changed my mind. I want my thing back. No, too late. Yeah. That's the degree of permanence of God removing your sins from you when you get saved. That's good news to sinners and very bad news to religious people who think that they deserve to be saved. You don't deserve to be saved. If you had been born in Iran to Iranian parents in the Islamic Republic you'd be a Muslim and some of you, the way you are radically saved you would be radical Muslims you'd be those guys who are tying yourselves with things going to blow up others expecting seven virgins in heaven <laughs> blessed Ivan anyway <laughs> Can you imagine Blessed Ivan as a Muslim? You would even have a black thing on his forehead. Doesn't know how to do things moderately. Everything he does extreme. So the sins are removed permanently. It says, as high as the heavens above the earth, that, that verse is in Psalm 103, I didn't include it in my notes. So great is the Father's love. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far he has removed our transgressions from us. From us. 
Do you know how far the east is from the west? Can you measure the distance between the east and the west? If you can't, then please st stop walking around like a sinner. Start walking around like a sanctified saint, saved by the blood of Jesus. Woo! Rejoice in it. Tell everyone about it. You see, we should stop quiet Christianity. No, 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 no. That quiet Christianity should stop. If you're a believer, you should be able, people should be able to know that you're a believer. Yeah. People should know that you are saved. And then the actions follow. You know when you're saved and you tell people you're saved, now you can't be the one asking for a bribe at the office after you've told people you're saved. But when you're quietly saved, you can also be passing things under the table. So this 2021 marks the end of your quiet Christianity. That and the end. The end. Well, you know, I went to Makerere, I was in North Court Hall, and uh, one time there was a gathering at the colloquium. The colloquium is the ground in front of the hall where we used to have hall gatherings. It was a very interesting hall. First of all, North Court Hall had, I don't know whether it still has, the most nonsensical anthem I've ever had in all of my life, in history. In fact, you should get into the Guinness Book of records as the most nonsensical anthem anywhere. Oh Lord, you know I am a bachelor boy summer holiday my lollipop So, what is the theme? Like, what are we trying to say? Anyway. Anyway, I was still telling you about the colloquium. So one time there's a gathering at the colloquium and they are seated quietly against a short wall and some guy, I don't know where he came from, came to me and said, you, you look like a broccoli. Are you saved? I said, no. I denied the Lord instantly without thinking twice. Hey! Now I've, I've had to go around telling everyone I'm saved, I'm saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me have ever denied. Like when you're under pressure, like um, I was a fresher. This was the first colloquium gathering I'd been to. I'd had all sorts of bad things about Northcott. And then here comes some dude. You, you look like him locally. Are you saved? I said, no. You can now change your mind and start telling people you're saved. <laughs> Amen. Wow. This someone is going so well. I don't know when I'm going to finish. But anyway, he says, so we are, so that even him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now there is a comma there because the thought continues to the next verse where he says, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Wow. So he's equating our current situation, our relationship with Jesus, he's mapping it on Abraham and the whole circumcision thing where he brings in baptism to be the representation of circumcision. Just like the circumcision was a sign of the covenant, baptism is a sign of the covenant. Do you get what I'm saying? 
This is buried with him in what? In baptism. And they both represent much deeper things than what meets the eye. So, he says, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith. Well, so, so baptism, let me see how to put this. Baptism doesn't give you eternal life. Yeah. Baptism doesn't give you the promises. You could be baptized many times if you want, but if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is in vain. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Abraham didn't just wake up and start circumcising and hope that God will see and do something. No. God, the circumcision was a sign of the righteousness of faith, as we saw in Romans 4. So baptism is a sign of the covenant. Amen. Yeah, it doesn't give you, it's simply the sign of the covenant, but it is a powerful sign. You know, if they send a package to you via DHL to your office, there is a delivery budget out here. Not, which you must sign. No signing, no package. The rider will wait there and say, I have to go to the next place. I think let me take the package when you decide to sign. But otherwise, the package is yours. It's real yours. It has your name on it. But you have to sign for it. In, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. And then what does it say? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things I've taught you. Baptism is not a suggestion. Baptism is a command by the Lord. Now imagine God coming and telling Abraham, now this is the, you, the covenant you shall keep, you shall circumcise, and Abraham is like, no thanks. Imagine Abraham telling God, no thanks. I'm not going to cut anything. Yeah. Now can you imagine how innocent and injury-free baptism is? Yeah. And some people still insist. I was one of those. You know, long ago, I don't know what happened to it, but I used to have a black and white picture where in the picture I was the baby. And I was told that that was my day of what? Baptism. So anyone who brought up a conversation on baptism, I refused. Because I said, me, I was baptized already. Why? I had a picture. Now, please, please, please. So do you know when I got baptized, when I was already the pastor of this church? Yeah. J.K. John Cato is the one who baptized me. You know, some, even put two. some people, I don't even know how God uses us. Because we are just umputu. In Lusoga, they call it umputu. Now, when you turn it into the object, you know, like, you can be, there is hunger. Uh, like, like, you can be hungry. Yeah? Hunger is the, What? Adjective, oh, which is the pronoun? Like what? People. No one here went to English school. Adverb. A what? Anyway, so you hunger. 
it's a noun. Okay, hunger is the noun. And hungry is the what? There's no way Kawesa would get that. So let's just, <laughs> let's just move to Jin. Jin, help. You can... You can. <laughs> the hunger is the adjective. So if umpitu is the noun, the adjective is umpitwe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some of you are umpitwe. Yeah. Get baptized, you refuse like me. You, until you are a pastor. And you have to be baptized by one of your congregants. Now, don't wait that long. Baptism is a command. Why? It's a way of acknowledging the salvation we've received by faith. Baptism is not sprinkling. Baptism is a very specific activity. The root word is baptizo, which means immersing an object fully below a liquid surface. Have you heard of the meniscus? So there is the converging meniscus and the diverging meniscus. <laughs> Some people's school fees was wasted. Hey, Biggie, Biggie, are we okay? <laughs> Biggie understands meniscus. Yeah. Converging, diverging when the thing is full and about to overflow. So in baptism, you get into the water and the converging meniscus becomes a diverging meniscus and things overflow. And then you come out. They don't leave you there. Uh, are you with me? Church, are you with me? So that, that's baptism. So you need to be obedient and get baptized in water that is... Now... Is it Archimedes principle or the, or the law of flotation? Uh, depends. So you, you know you've been successfully baptized. If the liquid in which you're being baptized is greater, has, is, has more mass than you. Because of the displacement. Because when you put an object in a liquid, the, 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 there is displacement of equal mass. So if the water is of less mass than you, it means you will not be submerged. <laughs> so if you're going to be baptized, they bring water in a cup. That's not going to be successful because the mass of the water has to be bigger than the mass of you. That's why some people need more baptism water than others. Depending. That's a joke. That's a joke. What people, what people have to tell you is a joke before they can laugh. That's a joke. So now you laugh. Thank you. Yeah. Now, they, yeah. Also, they made it simple. Baptism, they put you down, like flat, you know, horizontal. Yeah. Because otherwise, if it was vertical and they tell you to baptize Noah Bale Sample, <laughs> you would be looking for body. <laughs> Like, why isn't this man baptized yet? We haven't yet found water deep enough. I will not talk, I will not talk about the other end of the continuum as to those who should have been baptized already by now. <laughs> Genesis 17, 23. 
Genesis 17, 23. So Abraham, together, so Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him. He said, do it now. The sooner the better. Amen. Now that said, we see that he equates baptism to dying. Dying with him. You know, when you go into the water, it's like a burial. Now you don't stay there. They also bring you out. Which signifies being raised with him. So when we get baptized, the sign is that we, we are acknowledging his death and his resurrection for us. Romans 6, 3 to 4 says, Or do you not know that as many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. You see that? We were buried. That's why your righteousness is of faith because you can't accuse a dead man of anything. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Yeah. Whoever is baptizing you, if they leave you there too long, they are being malicious. That's not what the Bible recommends. Yeah. They are trying to end that death without newness of life. So they put you down and they bring you out. New life. Down the. Hello? about five minutes into the conversation. Uh-uh. Wrong number. Psst, no. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> Down, out. Death, newness of life. Amen. Yeah, there are these things that God tells us to do which you don't reason too much because it's just about humility and obedience. Yeah, because you're thinking, what does the water add to me if I already believe? What does the bread and wine do? Does bread and wine have healing properties? It's just humility. God wants to show you that you, you, you are at this level. I'm not at your level. So when I tell you, take bread and wine, take bread and wine. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Amen. Now, so... Are we, are we together about the baptism, the circumcision, the baptism is the newness of life. We, we, we were buried with him, we are raised with him, we are new creation. Amen. Now see what happens. To verse 13, back to Colossians. Now the, the juice starts here, even though I'm out of time. The juice starts here. Uh-huh. Let's read together. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you how many? all trespasses all he says you being dead 
we were studying English earlier. That, this one I know. This one I know. This is uh, present continuous tense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't handle present continuous tense. Being dead. You know, you can't say deading. Mm. Dying is present simple. Huh? Uh, no, that's, that's what? Well, present continuous is dying. Dead, yeah. Like being dead, like you are being dead. Dead, you know, being dead. Why? In your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. You being dead. I want you to imagine that sort of being dead. Some, some young men decided to do hospital ministry. So they were feeling the anointing. You know, after they had prayed for a few sick people and they got healed, now they felt it was time to take it to the next level. So they shakaba. They show up at the hospital for hospital ministry. Guess where they went? Mochare. Mochare. Now, when it's your turn to do hospital ministry and you decide to start at the mochare. Hmm? These things we do when you're doing healing ministry, try something you haven't done before. You know, if the pain is in the back, bend. You know, do, do what you haven't done before. With a dead body, don't expect any cooperation at all. Zero. Yeah. You can do, try something you haven't done before. They can't hear you. They're, they're in heaven. What you have is a body. Yeah. yeah. So all of you faith preachers and healers like myself, yeah. you say, uh-huh, what, what hurts? Knee, knee. Okay, now start, start bending the knee. Bend the knee, bend the knee. No, you can't tell that to a dead body. Yeah. When you go for dead raising ministry, ex- ex- expect all the faith to be yours. Yeah. The other side, there is no participation. No, man. And I believe that I, sh- I, I shall see the dead raised in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I can't postpone Jesus' ministry to other generations. So when the day comes, I know. I know what to expect. Yeah. You can't tell them to move the hand. No. Nothing. So that's how we were. Hmm? Spiritually speaking, figuratively speaking, when Jesus came to us, dead, no participation, no cooperation. You know, sinners can't cooperate with Jesus. It is entirely his everything. He brings 100% of the life activity. This is being dead, he has made alive together with him. Together with him. It's amazing. Bless you. Run up here quickly. Let's try something. Hmm?
Are you the dead one or alive? Ah. Okay. <laughs> I know what you will choose. We are going that one. So he has made a live what? Together with him. So imagine I'm the dead one. Bless so is the alive one. Yeah? And then being dead, what does he do? He puts us together with him. So when he moves his leg, move your leg. They move the other leg which are connected. The hand. Then this other one also figures out how to move it. So your whole life is dependent on the one who is alive. We are good. So when Christ comes to us in the deadness of our flesh and the deadness of our sins, we bring nothing. You see, the day you realize that, eh? you will be grateful for this salvation. We bring absolutely nothing. Nothing. He brings everything. We bring deadness, he brings life. We bring our sins, he brings righteousness. Did you know that your greatest contribution to your salvation is the sins you brought? Yeah, you brought your sins. And then he brought righteousness. We bring darkness, he brings light. We bring sickness, he brings healing. We bring what? Poverty, he brings abundance. We bring sadness, he brings joy. We bring panic, he brings peace. Being dead, being dead, he has made a lie. Being dead, he has made a life. How? Having forgiven you all trespasses. All trespasses. God is pure and sinless. And the only way he can relate with you and I is first of all, forgive us all our sins. All. All trespasses. Mama, mama. Do you know having forgiven is past participle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, it is so past, it is participle. (laughs) It's not past simple tense, it's not he forgave you. It's not he forgave you. No, having forgiven you, how many? All. Some people struggle with the idea that God forgives future sins. But if you were God and you needed to love some people, you would have to forgive future sins. Do you know why? Because you can tell what they will do to you two years from now. Imagine, Dixon, I know you're Kamara's friend. Now imagine you had the capacity to tell that Kamara, two years from now, is going to do something very bad to you. And you know it. How would you retain how would you maintain the relationship? No, first of all, you, you'd either quit the relationship, but if you are interested in being close friends, you would have to know he's going to do this, and I've already decided my response when it happens. You have to forgive in advance. If you are all knowing, you have to forgive in advance. Yeah. That's what makes marriage work. That's why in marriage they give you a certificate of accomplishment completion at the beginning that, that, that's how it works like you walk down the aisle 
Other when they walk out is what? Up the aisle. Okay, you walk down the aisle, they give you something, you walk up the aisle, and you're saying, having forgiven you. All trespasses. All trespasses. No. Because you know, trespasses are going to come. Yeah. Yeah. I don't matter how cute she looks, like mine. There are trespasses coming. Oh, it doesn't matter how, how tall and handsome he is. Like me. The trespasses. <laughs> yeah. What's a trespass? <laughs> you want examples of trespasses? Like Chris. <laughs> Ask Jean. She'll tell you. So <laughs> uh, you are forgiven. You are for- yeah, that's how marriage works. You forgive in advance. In advance. That's why they give you the certificate at the beginning. Usually it says until death has to do part. Why don't they give marriage certificate at the funeral of your spouse? Munanga, you have done your job. Here, congratulations. You've buried your friend. You've done your part according to the scriptures. Here is your certificate. Then you hang it up in your house and people know this is the man who married the wife for life. When did they give it to you? At the start. Yeah. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Wow, 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 wow. Mm. Verse, verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. You see, God couldn't just come and wish your sins away. Look, this one, ah, forgiven. Let's just forget it. He'll never get it right, having forgiven you. No. God is just. The justice of God must be fulfilled. So your sins, you see, that's why Christians struggle with the idea that God forgave their sins. Because they, they think that God just wished them away. No, he didn't. He punished Jesus for your sins. He put them on Christ and Christ had to go up the cross with your sins. Because the law reveals sin. The law is the strength of sin. The law shows us that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So your forgiveness is not a whim. It's not a thing of God saying, I think, I think, I think. He will try. Let's no. He had to fully, fully punish all your sin in Christ. That's why it's past, present, and future. He doesn't wait for when you sin, then he calls Jesus. Go that one see. Your friend has sinned. Then you sin tomorrow. Back. Your friend has sinned again. No, he did it once. He got all your idiocy and punished it in Christ. Once, once, yeah. That's why it says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, wiped out. You think God can just dwell with the law? No, He can't just dwell with the law. It has to be fulfilled. That's why Jesus said, "I have come to fulfill the law." So how did God wipe out the handwriting of requirements? 
Jesus did everything you should do. Yeah? You know, everything in the law that you should do right, Jesus did it. He did it all 100% right. Then he was punished. Do you punish people who have done good things? No. Then he was punished for you because you were going to do it all wrong. Yeah. So he did it all right. He was punished because you we were going to do it all wrong so that you're not punished. Yeah. Friends, that's, that's powerful. He has taken it out of the way. He has taken it out of the way. Look at, and he says it is contrary to us. It's against us. The law is against us. It's contrary to us. So see what he says in Ephesians 2, 14, 15. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh on the cross the enmity. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. In his flesh, the man who did everything right was punished so that the man who does everything wrong is blessed if they believe in the payment. And you'll be so blessed you'll start doing some things right. <laughs> you'll be like, no, seriously, seriously. What? He was punished for this? No, 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 I shouldn't continue doing this. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what changes our lives. Think about it. Every human being is prone to sin. But why is it that some people don't sin? What is it about them that stops them from sinning? Why is it that some husbands are faithful to their wives? Why is it that some people never steal, even if they are given the opportunity? Why is it that some people don't retaliate, even when they should? Why? What is, what's wrong with them? their lives have been changed inside out by this message we are preaching to you. Something happens when you understand the lengths to which God has gone to call you son and daughter. I'm telling you. And says having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. In what? In the cross. When God does all of this to give us victory. Because when you're doubting God's, your position with God, you know, the devil can mess with you and you don't say anything. But when you know, you see the devil is called the accuser of the brethren for a reason. Because he's the accuser of the brethren. Yeah, so you're there trying to pray. <laughs> now Lord help with it. And the devil's like, oh, you think God is going to help you with that? <laughs> with all that wickedness. And you just lower the expectation. <laughs> okay, Lord, I needed a million, but I'm hungry. Kale, 10K. 10K. Even here, Lord, you can't see that things are bad. Kale, 10K. The devil has managed to accuse you and take you away from your true position of sonship and being a daughter. Imagine with me. I'm finishing. It's the first time I've said it, right? Imagine with me a beautiful house in Kololo. Hmm? 
with the family with children. Some of the children are well behaved. Some of the children are still working on their conduct. And maybe one of those children, they go out late with their friends and they come back past the curfew time set by the house, not the government. They come back at 1 a.m. Clong, 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 knocking on the gate. Clong, 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 knocking on the gate. Yes, slightly drunk or too much. But anyway, it's evident this person is not living up to the standard of their sonship. What do you think is going to happen? The parents are going to come. They are going to open the gate. They are going to let them in. They may have a couple of tough conversations. They will let them go to their room. They will sleep. And then in the coming days, they'll be like, but what's going on? They may even send them to a counselor. They may call a pastor to have a chat with them. Everything they can to help the person amend their behavior, but they will open. For that badly behaved son or daughter. Now, on the contrary, imagine you. You're right here. Everything perfect. And you go at 1 p.m., not a.m. Within the curfew time, everything, all right, dead time. Con, 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 con. Con, 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 con. Who's there? Mose. Mose who? Mukisa. Uh, what, what do you want? I want to come in. Why? I am well behaved. You're well behaved? What do you mean you're well behaved? I want to come in and eat and sleep and switch on the TV, access the fridge and use the PlayStation because I'm well behaved. What do you think is going to happen? They will call the police. <laughs> who, who told you? Well behaved gives you access to our house. Why? You are not a son or daughter. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and grace. Thank you that you love us. You love us. As we, I'm going to ask those of us here to stand up. I'm going to invite our ship team to come quickly. Just stand up and give thanks to God for his grace and his goodness. Even those who are in other spaces, if you're watching corporately, let's just stand and worship God in this moment and acknowledge him for his goodness and grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you that we are found in him not having our own righteousness. Thank you that you let us in, not because of our own goodness, but because you have called us your own. So we bless you. And so friends, those of you who are watching me online, if you're listening to me on radio, if you're watching on TV, if you're watching online, if you're watching with people and, and you, you still haven't figured this thing out, you think it's about what you do right, it's not. And today you want to give your life to Jesus. I want you to put your hand up right now where you are. If you're in the room, put your hand up. Everyone is minding their business. Everyone is praying. This is so important. This is... I need you to put it up straight so that I can see where you are. 
and if you are at another location or a, a, a hosting center, please put your hand up, let someone there know that you are making a decision to follow Jesus today, today, today. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Don't postpone, don't, don't, because every day is a big day, an important day in your life. So if you want, if your response is, I'm saying yes to Jesus, I need your hand up straight, your right hand up. Other people's hands are up because they are worshiping, but your right hand up. Thank you, my sister, I've seen your right hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? This is it. This is the best deal in, in the whole universe. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. So I'm going to ask us to pray with me, a prayer of faith, as we join our sister and all those others who are joining us online uh, and in hosting centers just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of righteousness. Thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for giving your life for me, that I may have a life with God. Take my life today and do something significant with it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and transform me from inside out. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're listening to me already, you're watching me on TV, you are born again. At the different locations and hosting centers, please help the people who have made that decision take down their numbers. If you're watching us online, the number to text is 0775642449. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.